Hello again. Glad we could be together at Bible Talk, and we're going to continue today with Exodus chapter 20 through 24, uh, which is the establishment of the Mosaic Covenant. Those, those chapters include the material where God established the Mosaic Covenant, the Law of Moses, the Old Covenant, whatever. They contain the terms of the covenant proper. And, uh, and we're going to look at that, and we're particularly going to look at chapter 24 because I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by chapter 24 <laughs> and uh, just want to talk about that a little bit. Let's pray and we'll jump right in. Father, thank you so much for the ability again to do our Bible talk together and for us to be able to see uh, evidence of your hand at work. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're here at Exodus chapter 20 through 24. Now, before we get into chapter 24 and we talk about that, and we it's introduced with a summary of the terms of the covenant, which are the 10 words, the 10 commandments that we looked at in Bible talk, the previous two Bible talks, uh, for those of you that were a part of that. And, and, and so that kind of gives an upfront summary and, and we reminded again that he begins, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So the mercy of God and the grace of God were that which were the, provided the context for the covenant and the law. And I think that's something that's really important to remember in this whole, in this whole process. Now, that being said, uh, I'm going to read a little summary by uh, Dr. Victor Hamilton, who was a, um, uh, an Old Testament professor at Asbury University, not Asbury Seminary where I went, two different schools, same town, but two different schools. But he also was uh, a Christian Missionary Alliance guy, um, and uh, so not because I'm reading it because of that, but I think it's an interesting uh, uh, in connection. The Mosaic Covenant generally follows the form and phrasings of ancient Near Eastern political treaties. This is especially apparent in the structure of the book of Deuteronomy, but also evident in Exodus 20 through 24. The normal elements of these treaties were, one, a historical introduction, like 20 verse 1 and 2, what I just read, I'm the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt. Two, the terms of the agreement, which would be verse 3 of chapter 20, through verse 33 of chapter uh, 23. So that's the terms of the covenant. And then the witnesses, chapter 24, verse 4. We're going to read that in a minute where the elders of Israel came up with Moses uh, and Elijah, etc., etc. Or Moses and Joshua, I'm sorry. And then uh, and provisions for the public reading of the covenant. And then a blood oath in 24.8, calling death upon oneself for violating the terms of the covenant. And then two other elements found in some treaties were provisions for a covenant between the parties um, in 24.11 and for the safekeeping of the document. By using the treaty form, God says three significant things. One, he commits himself without reservation to his people. Two, their obedience rests on unconditional principles. Three, 
uh, which are the Ten Commandments, by the way, um, which are an expression of God's own character as who he is. And three, obedience is a response to God's grace expressed in his actions on Israel's behalf in the Exodus, which we just talked about a minute ago. So through chapter 23, we have the terms of the covenant. Now I'm going to read the entire chapter of chapter 24. Now he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has said we will do, and be obedient. And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. And the blood was the symbol of this is a, a life for life agreement. You know, uh, kind of like the old uh, uh, cowboy movies uh, and, and uh, they would, uh, the cowboys and Indians would be blood brothers and they would, you know, scratch themselves and then mingle their blood type thing. I mean, not exactly the parallel, but that's the idea. Then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. I want you to listen to this paragraph. And there was under his, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God, and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain, 40 days and 40 nights. It's like Jesus and, you know, Elijah and everybody else. Now, um, if we, if we look over, 
in chapter 32, you know, we, we see that God has given Moses all these commandments. Verse 1 of chapter 32. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron, and he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, let's think back when Moses went up on the mountain and they were 40 days and 40 nights and they got tired of waiting on him. And they made a golden calf to worship it and said, this is your God. Well, that in light of the fact that in verse 9 of 24 that we just read, then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel and ate and drank with him. Forty days before, Aaron and the elders, 70 of them, had had, like John the Revelator or Isaiah the prophet, had been in the presence of God and confirmed the covenant by having a meal in the presence of God, which in the ancient covenant uh, ritual, the meal sealed the deal. That, that's the reason the Lord's Supper with the Passover and the Lord's Supper that Jesus gave us, you know, it's like the meal seals the deal. But they, they saw God and Aaron saw God. And 40 days later, he's telling people to give him, give him their jewelry. And he melts it down and makes a golden calf and says, this is your God, O Israel. What in the world is going on here? Well, I don't have answers to these questions. But you can see now why I'm fascinated by all this. And let me just conclude that... I don't have any more to say about this. I mean, we've read it. You've seen it. I can't make it any clearer. But here's, here's, the, here's the point. And, and I made myself years ago a note in my Bible by this, you know, verse 9 about they ate and drank with God and then knowing what happened later with the golden calf and what have you. Is this. No amount of religious experience will guarantee holiness I remember an old Assembly of God evangelist many years ago I heard him uh, talking and he he made a point and this guy preached about 300 nights a year on the road he you know I mean you do something like that for 30 years I mean just by osmosis you're going to figure out something and he made a point he said, Emotion moves people to action. But he says, truth keeps people where they need to be. And 
this experience, no amount of religious experience by itself will guarantee holiness. It's the truth of God's word combined with that experience that are the powerful combination. And it's the truth about God that, I mean, they even saw the cloud and the fire from the foot of the mountain. And they're making a golden calf. I don't know about you, but that sobers me and warns me. I have to be on my guard. Not about outside influence. We're always worried about everything else. Listen, your biggest enemy is your own heart. And it's faithfulness to Christ. Don't take it for granted. Lord, sobering, sobering truth from Israel. May the lesson not be wasted on us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next time.